Hello and welcome to the Calvary Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. Whether you're listening from across the street or around the world, we pray this message will encourage you, build your faith, and bless your life. Well, we are in a two-week series called Supernatural, called Supernatural. Last week, we began it. We talked about uh, the reality of demons and the very real dark world that is around us and how we don't even want to give the devil a foothold. We don't even want to give him opportunity to come and wreak havoc on our lives. And so we don't have to pray for victory. We can pray from victory. And Jesus has equipped us with his name, his blood, and his word. We have the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, and we have the word of God to overcome darkness. Well, today we're going to talk about divine healing. Okay, last week we asked the question, what about demons? Today we're going to ask the question, what about healing? What about sickness? What's up with that? Uh, We believe that this is one of our fundamental, it's one of our core doctrines that God wants to heal. We believe strongly in the ministry of divine healing. In fact, how many of you, by raising your hand, you've experienced divine healing in your life? Come on, that should build your faith right there. In 2015, 1.3 million people died worldwide of tuberculosis. A million and a half people died of some sort of Alzheimer's disease. 1.6 million died because of diabetes. Respiratory cancers claimed 1.7 million lives worldwide. COPD claimed 3 million lives. And over 16 million Americans were diagnosed with some sort of pulmonary disease. In 2015, 6 million people died of a stroke worldwide. And over 15% of deaths worldwide was attributed to heart disease, claiming almost 9 million lives in one year alone. Cancer.gov says that we have a 40% chance of being diagnosed with cancer at some point in our lives. But let me tell you, as horrible as those stats are, as bad as sickness and disease and illness is, they are no match for the supernatural healing power of Jesus Christ. Amen? No match for his power. Healing is an integral part of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He came to heal the whole person, spirit, soul, and body. And Kelly and our team, we have been praying and believing God to pour out the gift of healing and to be released in even greater and new ways and levels in our midst because we believe that healing is available for us today. Not just because I said it or because we said it, but because he's already said it. His word says that he is a healer. As we begin today, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for supernatural power. Lord, we thank you that it is available to us today, and we thank you that there is nothing too difficult, there is nothing too hard for you. So Lord, we pray today as your word goes forth, you would release healing into this house. Relational healing, mental healing, physical healing, spiritual healing. May lives be renewed and restored today. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. You can turn to Genesis chapter 3. We're going to be looking at a lot of scripture, but we're going to start in Genesis chapter 3. We're a church committed to staying under the authority and the covering of God's word, if you're new here. Uh, His word is our standard. So we look to scripture for both faith and practice. And uh, we've got a lot of scripture to look at today. In fact, if you were here last week, um, we prayed for this remote that it would stay up. We cast a demon out of this remote that it would stay up with all the scriptures that we're going to show you today. (laughs) Well, maybe you came into this place today and you've got some questions. You've got questions about God. You've got questions about Jesus, questions about the Bible and how it relates to you today. Let me say this, that questions are good. It's okay to come and ask Jesus about uh, your salvation and and how does this look. And Jesus welcomes those questions. And one of the most common questions that he hears and we probably hear is, how can a good God allow sickness and disease? Why sickness? We hear that question a lot. And so we're going to talk about it. Why sickness? Why illness? Why disease? And the short answer is this. Sickness is the result of sin. We live in a fallen, broken, cursed world because of sin. So we're going to talk about that for a few moments this morning. All the way back to Genesis, God gave mankind free will. He gave them and he gives us the ability to choose. We can choose right from wrong. We can choose to have relationship with God or we can choose not to have relationship with God. We can choose to be one with our creator or not. And so all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, we see Adam and Eve. They had just been tempted by that slimy serpent Satan, and Adam and Eve made the decision that they knew better than God knew what was best for them. And so they took the one fruit that God said, now you can have any other fruit, but don't eat the fruit of that tree. Well, wouldn't you know it? That's the fruit, that's the tree in which they partook of. Let's read Genesis chapter 3, beginning with verse 17. So they've already fallen, they've already chosen their sin. And so this is God's response to them. Adam, and to Adam, God said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of, cursed is the ground because of you. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Let me just pause here real quick. Some of you are laughing because Adam right, f- fell for Eve, right? Yeah. God says, now, because you listened to that woman, right? it's because the woman made him sin, okay? For the most part, our women have great discernment, guys. But because she said, hey, we should try this fruit, God said, listen, you're going to have a cursed ground because of you. There's going to be pain. You shall eat of it the days of your life. There's going to be thorns and thistles they're going to bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Remember, God created mankind out of dust and he breathed life into man. And it was God's original intent that man live forever. 
But that all changed when Adam and Eve made the choice, made the decision that they did. So before sin, this world was perfect. Human bodies were perfect. There was no sickness. There was no disease. There was no colds. There was no flu or pneumonia or COVID or cancer, none of that. There was no toiling. There was no hard work in the fields. Everything just sort of came easy. By the way, we believe in the thousand-year reign of Christ that's soon to come. It's going to be restored back to that original condition of Garden of Eden. It's going to be incredible. But because of sin, sickness and death have now entered the scene. And I have to tell you, every morning when I look in the mirror, I'm reminded of this mess up because of Adam and Eve, right? I see one more gray hair there, one more wrinkle. Gravity has started to take place, right, to to sink in, and things that used to move well don't move as well as they used to. Now, I don't know how she does it, but it's not affecting my wife, Kelly, but (laughs) take notes, men. But listen, things today are in a perpetual downslide. They're in a state of decay. It's another reason, by the way, that the theory of evolution just doesn't make sense because all matter is in a state of decline. Things aren't getting better. They're in decline. In fact, back in Adam's day, I mean, his immediate ancestors, I mean, they lived to be 700, 800. Methuselah was 969 years old. Then sin really took part in the, in the world. And after Noah and the great flood, God said, mankind's days will be 120. And it was like that for a while. And then we see in Psalm 90 that people can expect to live about 70 to 80 years. In fact, 3,000 years after the Psalms, that's about right even today. The average American could expect to live, if you're a man, about 75 years old. If you're a woman, to about 80 years old. Those are the average lifespans today in America. Sin brought a curse to the world. We just read how God said, even the ground is going to be cursed. You're going to have thorns and thistles. How many of you have ever seen weeds and dandelions just growing out of the parking lot? Right, right through the asphalt, here comes the dandelions. It's not that way because we're good at growing dandelions in asphalt, all right? That's not why. I mean, it's hard enough to get, you know, corn and wheat and soybeans to grow in soil, much less to see weeds coming through concrete. Why is that? Because when Adam and Eve sinned, it brought with it a curse. And God's original intent was not only for them to live forever, but they would have authority here on the earth. If you can hit the rewind button about two chapters, Genesis chapter one, verse 28, it says this, and God blessed them, talking about Adam and Eve, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So God gave Adam the authority, dominion here on the earth. But because of sin, because of his foolish decision, he forfeited that authority. Adam just 
gave it away. But God is so kind that he devised a way for us to get it back. And it would come through another man. It wouldn't be an ordinary man like you and me. It would be the son of man, the son of God. It would be Jesus Christ. And we'll talk more about that plan later. The question, why sickness? The answer, it's a result of sin. We live in a fallen, cursed world. Now, in addition to generalized worldwide sickness that we face, I mean, it's just all around us, sickness, disease, illness. In addition to that, individuals who choose to live in sin potentially invite sickness onto themselves. Listen, sin positions oneself to become physically ill. You might be saying, man, I've never heard that before. Are you sure that's in the Bible? That does not sound right. Let me show you in Scripture. Psalm 107, verse 17. Some were fools through their sinful ways, and because of their iniquities, suffered affliction. Here's another Psalm 38.3. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation. There is no health in my bones because of my sin. We see in Micah, God says, so also I will make you sick, striking you down, desolating you. Why? Because of your sins. You can read a story in 2 Kings. There's a guy named Hezekiah. He's the king, and he becomes deathly ill. And God says, you're about to die because of your sin. Now, he wisely repented, and God said, good job repenting. I'm going to give you 15 more years. You might say, okay, I hear you. That's the Old Testament. What about the New Testament? Well, look at what Jesus has to say to a lame man that he has just healed in John chapter 5. He says, now you are well. I've healed you. You're no longer lame. You can walk. You are now well. So, what does he say? Stop sinning. Why? Or else something even worse may happen to you. Jesus himself is saying that sinning has the potential to cause sickness. Is it all the time? Of course not. There's a lot of people who have lived to 100 years old that do a whole lot of sinning and never live for the, for the Lord. Conversely, there's a whole lot of people that have loved the Lord. They've served him. They've been faithful to him. But even at a young age, they've become deathly ill and maybe even died too young. A lot of people, one of the first things they say when they die and they see God in heaven, they're going to ask the question, why? Why, God, did you heal that person but not this person? Why, God, did that person who did nothing good get better, but yet my loved one passed away? Let me just say this. I would encourage you to not have that mindset on this side. It's okay to ask questions now and then. Why? But if we're not careful and we, and we have it with a heart of bitterness and we become resentful about it, 
we can spiral not only into frustration, but constant questioning, trying to figure God out like we have the ability to do that. Right, listen, as human beings, we have not been designed with the ability to try to figure out the things of God. We cannot comprehend and understand every little thing there is to know. It's probably a bad analogy, but I think when we had young children, you know, your two and your three-year-old, they're just barely grasping the English language. You think they can understand everything that you understand? How much more is it with us and God? His ways are so much higher than our ways, Isaiah says. His thoughts are not our thoughts. As human beings, we can't even come close to knowing all that there is to know about God. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, for now, we see incompletely. We see things kind of through a veil. We don't have the ability to see things clearly on this side of heaven. We used to sing a song that says, we'll understand it better by and by. Trials dark on every hand and we cannot understand all the ways that God might lead us to the blessed promised land. But if we'll follow him, we will not die and we'll follow him as he leads us through his eyes, we'll understand it better and better. Not here, but in the by and by. I just want to sing that song, Pastor Sean. I wish you were on the organ. Well, 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 by and by, when the morning comes, help me, when all the saints of God are gathered home, we'll tell the story how we've overcome, we will understand it better by and by. Ooh, that's good. We're going to understand it one day, but today's not that day. What we do know is that at some level, sickness and sin are connected. And while that might be new information for us today, it was common knowledge for Jesus' followers back in his day. In John chapter 9, the disciples, they asked Jesus about a man's sin. Verse 1, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. He's been blind all of his life. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Like those are the only two options. That must be the only reason why he's blind, right? Must be either his sin or his parents' sin. It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. Okay, so this is kind of good news, right? Just because you are sick doesn't mean you are sinning. God doesn't cause the sickness. Right, we already learned that's because of the fall of man. We invited that on ourselves because of our free will and our poor decisions and our choice to choose sin. God doesn't cause the sickness, but... He can use it to bring about his greater glory and his greater purpose for his power to be revealed through his healing power supernaturally. In fact, you can be living a holy, a righteous life. You can be making wise decisions with your health. You can be eating the right foods. You can be exercising, getting all of your steps in. 
and yet still become ill. That kind of happened to Job. We talked about him last week. Remember Job, we find him in the Old Testament, and Satan came to God and asked permission to afflict him. God granted him their permission, and he did. He went to work. He brought affliction and pain to Job. He was tormented. He was in pain, and eventually God said, okay, Satan, that's enough. Hands off. And after that, everything was restored back to Job because he passed the test. He remained faithful to God. He was a good, he was a righteous man. Same with the Apostle Paul. We find him in the New Testament. He served God. He loved God. Yet in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul tells us about a thorn in the flesh, which one of Satan's messengers came to inflict upon him. It brought him pain. In fact, three times he prayed, Lord, remove it, remove it, remove it. God chose not to for whatever reason. But he did say, my grace is sufficient for you. Some sickness is the result of dark spiritual forces meant to distract us and to attack us. There's a woman in the book of Luke chapter 13 who was sick for 18 years because of Satan. Now, Jesus, he had a habit of healing any time that he wanted, including the Sabbath day, and that bothered the Pharisees. But look at what he said in Luke 13, verse 16. Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, wasn't because of her sin, wasn't because of her parents' sin, it was because Satan kept her bound for 18 long years. Shouldn't she be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? Satanic forces crippled this woman for 18 years. But come on, in one moment, Jesus broke that power and healed her miraculously. Praise God. He's greater than the powers of Satan, greater than the powers of darkness. Kelly and I were hanging out with some of our mentors about a month ago, Pastor John and Debbie Lindell, Pastor James River Church in Springfield, Missouri. And he was telling us not too long ago, he was experiencing out of nowhere uh, incredible chest pains and his heart would begin to race. And they had diagnosed as some sort of irregular heartbeat or SVT. I'm not sure all the details behind it, but his heart rate would elevate to dangerous levels. And the doctors and the medical team said, Pastor, this is a very dangerous situation. We need to pray for a miracle because this is a life-threatening illness. Debbie looks at John and is like, John, I think there's something more than just physical here. I think this is a demonic attack. And for context, they've been taking ground for the kingdom of God. In 2021, they saw about 100 uh, manifested, uh, documented healings. In 22, that number grew to about 1,000. And in 23, up to this date, if you count 21, 22, 23, that church has experienced 3,600 documented healings. Yeah, that's something to give God praise for. But we also know Satan doesn't like that. And so there's a man that they had never met in North Carolina. He got a hold of the church, called the church and said, hey, listen, I believe I have a word from the Lord 
that what Pastor John is experiencing is a demonic attack. And here's what the Lord is telling him, this man from North Carolina. If Pastor John and those closest to him will fast and pray for 30 days, he's going to be set free. He's going to be healed. And so that, that was confirmed in their spirit. They're like, oh, yeah, that resonates with us. We have felt that this is a, a satanic attack. And so they went right into action. They prayed. They fasted for 30 days. And let me tell you this. After day 30, Pastor John has experienced zero relapses, zero episodes, zero pain. He is healed by the power of Jesus. Sickness can result from sin. Sickness can result from demonic attacks. If it happens, listen, it doesn't mean you are demonized. It doesn't mean that you're demon-possessed. It just means that you are in a spiritual attack. Our family is feeling it. If you were here last week, we exposed the darkness. We exposed Satan and demons and the demonic work. I mean, I just felt a little extra. I'm always tired on Sunday afternoons, but I was real tired this Sunday afternoon. And then come Tuesday, Halloween day, at the Ferguson's, we don't trick or treat. We set up Christmas trees on Halloween, just so y'all know. <laughs> y'all enjoy your candy. That's fine. Not here to condemn you. In fact, bring me some peanut butter cups if you want. But we're setting up Christmas trees, and man, I'm just starting to feel it. I'm starting to get the aches and the fevers. And the, the, the thing, the soreness in the back of my throat. And, I, and I, so I went to bed early and I was shivering. And I'm, I'm kind of the one that likes it really cold when we fall asleep. Come on, right? I like it cold at night when we go to sleep. But I had multiple blankets on me and I'm just shivering. And that's with the heat on and everything. And then in the middle of the night, I, I, I had a fever. So I went from really cold to really hot. And I got up and I said, you know what? I think this, this, is, a, this is an attack from Satan. I just began to pray that as I got up, and I just began to rebuke darkness. I said, if this is a satanic attack, I just rebuke it in the name of Jesus. My family, they were a little bit worried that night because uh, Kelly and I and our older two were going on a trip uh, later today, actually. We'll be back by Friday, don't worry. And they're like, well, I don't, you can't be sick on the trip. But we just prayed and believed God to heal. And usually it lasts four or five days, sometimes longer. But on Wednesday, I was fine. I was completely healed by the power of Jesus' name. I'm not trying to give Satan credit. I can't tell you for sure it was him or not. It could have been because I shook one of your hands and you got me sick. I don't know. <laughs> on Thursday, I get a text from my mom and dad. Hey, don't want to scare you, but we're taking mom to the hospital. I just believe that was a satanic attack. I really do. A satanic attack on them meant to distract me as well. She had an eye stroke in her left eye. They kept her overnight in the hospital. We just prayed and believed she went home Friday. She was at a missions banquet last night. She's healed. Praise be to God. Again, not trying to give him credit, but it could be a demonic attack. You can probably hear it in my voice. I'm, I'm fighting nasal congestion and a sore throat right now. Get out of there, demons, right? Sometimes, listen, we just have to rebuke the spirit of infirmity, the, the spirit of sickness and say, not today, Satan. I got stuff to do. We got to take ground for the kingdom of God. So we ask the question, what about sickness? Why sickness? 
Now we're gonna try to answer the question, what about healing? And we don't have all the answers. We talked about that. We'll understand it better by and by. Uh, We don't have the full picture, but we do know a few things, right? We do know this, for example. It is God's nature to heal. It's his nature to heal. In fact, one of the names of God that we find in the book of Exodus is Jehovah Rapha. (laughs) Jehovah Rapha means the God who heals. You know what that tells us? Is that healing isn't just something God likes to do. It's who he is. Healing is in his name. He is Jehovah Rapha. David testified about God in Psalm 103, verse 2. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Well, what benefits are you talking about, David? Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases. Now, I want us to notice this. David here is grouping salvation and healing together. He says he forgives your sins and heals your diseases. A thousand years later, Jesus shows up. He's flooded by crowds of people who are broken, who are hurting, who are sick, who are demonically oppressed. They are in bondage. And Matthew 14, 14 says, when Jesus landed, he's gone across the Sea of Galilee. He lands, he's tired, he's ready to take a nap. He sees this large group of people. How does he respond? He has compassion on them and he healed their sick. Earlier in Matthew chapter eight, just after the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew said it like this, and Jesus healed them all. It's his nature to heal. He's a healing Jesus. Come on, say that. He's a healing Jesus. He's a healing Jesus. In fact, there's not one example that we find in Scripture where someone who is in bondage, who is sick, who is ill, who is demonically oppressed, who is demonized, they come and they approach Jesus, and Jesus says, sorry, not today. I'm too tired. I got too much on my to-do list. Not one single time did he respond that way. Every time someone who was sick or ill or demon-possessed came into contact with Jesus Christ, you know what he did? He healed them. He healed them. And and notice, he didn't pray for them. He didn't counsel them. He just healed them. He said, your your sins be forgiven and go and be healed. You don't need to continue to suffer any longer. Now, 700 years before Jesus was born, Isaiah prophesied that the coming Messiah would come to save and to heal. That the Messiah would come to heal us spiritually, heal us emotionally, and heal us Physically, many of you are familiar with this passage from chapter 53, verse 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. That's our spiritual healing. Upon him was the chastisement 
The punishment, another word for that, that brought us peace. Some, some scholars say that's our emotional healing. And with his wounds, by his stripes, we are healed. Jesus came to heal our spirit, our soul, and our body. Now, Peter cited this prophecy in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. He himself, talking about Jesus in the past tense, bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live in righteousness. And he goes on, by his wounds, you have been healed. Isaiah said, by his wounds, you are healed because it was yet to come. Peter comes along and writes, Jesus has already done the work, and, you, and he says, you have been healed. Other translations say you were healed. The healing is already done because Jesus gave his life on the cross. Salvation and healing, they're linked together. One-fifth of the Gospels is dedicated to Jesus bringing healing. One-fifth of the Gospels. The single most recorded interaction that Jesus had with other people other than his disciples was him healing people. They came into contact with him and they were healed. In fact, that's how he validated his message. The healing power that was flowing through him was the testimony and the evidence that Jesus is who he says that he is. In fact, Jesus, uh, he quoted the prophet Isaiah, another one of his prophecies, in his hometown of Nazareth. Luke 4, 18 records it. Jesus speaking now in the synagogue in his hometown. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now this is a good place to remind us that if we are really going to experience the supernatural, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to be walking in real power. How many understand that if Jesus recognized that he needed the Spirit of God, how much more do we need the Spirit of God in us? And it's not just a one-time filling, it's a daily. We need to continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus' purpose, the reason he came was to restore people spiritually and to restore them physically. Both, not one or the other, both. In Mark chapter 2, there's a story of a paralyzed man. He had four friends that took him to Jesus. Okay, Jesus is hanging out. He's sharing. He's teaching the good news of the coming kingdom of heaven. And he's in a house that is jam-packed. It is full. It is running over. How many know when Jesus is around, when the supernatural crowds are attracted, right? So the, the, the crowds were swelling there in that house. And the paralyzed man and his four friends that are carrying the four corners of his mat are like, what are we going to do? One of them had an idea. I know. What if we go up to the roof? Some of you, you know the story. So they take this man up the ladder 
onto the roof and they rip open the roof and they lower their friend down right in front of Jesus as he's standing in the middle of the house. And guess how Jesus responded? He didn't heal him physically. He said, well, hello, son. Your sins are forgiven. Well, there was some uh, religious elite there. There were some scribes and Pharisees who were saying, not out loud, but in their minds and in their heart, they were like, who does this Jesus think that he is? Did you hear him? He just said, son, your sins are forgiven. Only God can say that. That's blasphemy. Jesus, knowing that's what they are thinking, calls them out on it and says, okay, guys, well, you tell me. What's easier to do? To say, son, your sins are forgiven, or son, pick up your bed and walk. So that you will know that the Son of Man has the power to forgive sins, I say, son, pick up your bed and walk And immediately that man jumped up. He was healed miraculously by Jesus Christ. And listen, it was a double cure. It was a double healing. He healed him spiritually and he healed him physically. It was a both and. That's what Jesus does. That's why he came. Was to heal us, was to restore us not just emotionally and spiritually, but physically. In the same way salvation has already been provided for us, healing has already been provided for us. Matthew chapter four, verse 23. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. Uh, by the way, other parts of the gospel add this to this scripture that, that he also was casting out demons, okay? Matthew is summarizing the ministry of Jesus. Basically, it's this. He proclaimed the kingdom of God, and then he demonstrated the kingdom of God. You might say, well, I thought he'd come to love. Didn't Jesus come to to be a really good guy, share some sweet teachings? Didn't he just come to bring love and peace to everybody? Now listen, he he does love. He did love. He does. He is love. First John talks about that. God is love. But the reason why he came was to declare the coming kingdom of God. His actual calling and purpose and message was to announce the arrival of the kingdom of heaven. Have you ever wondered why we don't hear too much about that language, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God? It's not a topic that we hear about much or talk about much, even though that's exactly why Jesus came was to establish the kingdom of heaven, the rule and reign of God right here on earth today. So let's tie it all together. Sin entered the world thanks to Adam and Eve. They chose poorly. They chose sin. Along with that came all kinds of bad side effects. Darkness ruled and reigned. Evil forces were everywhere. Satan's agenda running rampant. When all of a sudden, 
Jesus shows up, right? Good news, the kingdom of heaven is here. Good news, the rule and reign of God is in your midst today. Good news, God is in charge. The reversal of Genesis 3 is being released. Now, remember, in Genesis 3, Adam and Eve, they sinned and they forfeited authority and brought the curse. 4,000 years later after that event, Jesus shows up and says, I'm here to reverse the curse. The curse of sin is broken. I'm here to declare the kingdom of God. I'm here to set captives free and to cast out demons and to release healing into your midst. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and then he demonstrated the kingdom of God. And guess what? It's still available for us today. I, wanna, I want you to check out this video from one of our friends, Jose. Hi, uh, my name is Jose, and this is my testimony. Back in August, I was uh, having some back pain, chest pain, and shortness of breath. That uh, it was on a Sunday after service. Didn't really think about much about it, but uh, I decided to talk to my primary care provider and get checked in. And after a couple of times, a couple of uh, discussions with him, he wanted me to go to the emergency room. In the emergency room, they found some nodules in my chest and close to my lungs. So I was referred to a specialist. Uh, at that point, I wasn't really sure what I was thinking, really wasn't paying attention to it. But one of those tests that, that I had to get done was a PET scan. Results of that show uh, that the activity level in those areas was 18. The doctor told us that a level of, uh, level of activity of four is considered most likely cancer. So at that point, we think this is very serious. And we were, I started getting very discouraged uh, and, and, and sad and thinking of the what ifs, thinking about my family, my wife, my kids. Nevertheless, we continued having, uh, getting tests done. We decided to come to the pastors and uh, they prayed for me. Uh, I felt a, a heat in my chest uh, during that prayer. Uh, Pastor Benny took me to my next step, which was a biopsy. Uh, I felt encouraged and uh, he prayed for me. Uh, I felt hope in my heart and, and God's love. Uh, and then after a couple of weeks, the doctor, uh, I had to go see the doctor again, the surgeon, and, and she looked confused and uh, I, I wasn't sure why, but then she told us uh, that there's no sign of cancer. So praise the Lord, we were so happy. God is so good. I mean, I wanna tell you that if, uh, if you need healing today, uh, take a step of faith. Ask someone to pray for you. Uh, God loves you. He wants to heal you and take care of you. Uh, so come forward. We're ready for you. Are you ready? <laughs> Amen. Come on, let's give God praise for that. Amen. Do you remember when Jesus taught the disciples how to pray? He said, pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Then what, what, what came next? He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus taught his followers to pray that the things of heaven would come down to earth. Everybody say, everybody say on earth as it is in heaven. On earth, on earth 
as it is in heaven. That's what God wants for us today. Now, we're going to really experience it in the new heavens and the new earth. But every time someone is saved or healed, we get a little glimpse into the kingdom of heaven right here on earth. God wants to bring the things and the priorities of heaven right here on earth. That means the joy of heaven, the peace of heaven, the presence of heaven, the healing of heaven, all that there is in heaven, he wants to bring down here to this earth. Is there cancer in heaven? Is there sickness and disease or illness in heaven? There's not. Let's pray that that would be the case right here on earth, that the things and the priorities of heaven would be released right here on earth today. You might be thinking, well, you know, that's great. That was how he taught them to pray back then 2,000 years ago. Good job, Jesus. That was then. This is now. Well, the book of Acts is filled with accounts of miraculous healings and supernatural outbreaks of the Holy Spirit. This is after Jesus had ascended back to heaven. And for centuries since that, we have seen the supernatural working. We just saw our friend Jose, how God did something miraculous in his life. Listen, that tells us that the same God who saved then saves today. The same Jesus who set free 2,000 years ago sets free today. The same Jesus that healed then heals today. Listen, church, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you believe it, lift up your voice and praise to God. He is a savior. He is a healer. Nothing is too difficult for him. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads. Close our eyes today as we respond. We hope today's message was a blessing to you. If you'd like to connect with us, please visit calvarymd.com and fill out the connection card in our website. We'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. We'll see you right back here next week.